YouTube brings people together into some of the strongest, funnest, and most necessary communities that are possible. And today's episode is all about how um, Liz Germain built an amazing community focused on fitness, personal growth, and so much more. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast, where we are sharing stories of women YouTube creators in order to inspire other women to start creating. In each episode, we deep dive into why these women chose YouTube to create on, their struggles, their successes, and of course, get real about what happens when you're a female creator on the internet. This podcast is brought to you by TubeBuddy, your best friend on the road to YouTube success. Now let's get into it with your hostess, Desiree Martinez. Welcome to an episode of the Women of YouTube podcast. I am so thankful to have you here today where I'm going to be talking with Liz Germain about all of the goodness that comes from building a community and like what you know about getting started with YouTube and like the crazy like awesome but like super terrible things that happen as YouTubers and like how you can deal it with it and overcome it. Before I kind of like give you my feelings about it, I want to say a little bit about Liz. Liz Germain is the founder of the VidFluence Academy and is a YouTuber and video marketing expert. As a YouTube partner, Liz specializes in YouTube marketing, so YouTube SEO, YouTube advertising and video marketing automation to grow your business online. Liz has helped generate over 50 million organic views on YouTube, built multiple YouTube channels to over 100,000 subscribers, attracted tens of thousands of organic leads from those channels, and helped produce millions of sales in several extremely competitive industries. Liz is one of the two over at Super Fitness Sisters, and they are just helping you live your best life through like taking care of your body and like showing you what it's truly capable of. This episode is just really wonderful because Liz was kind enough to actually record this episode with me twice. I had like a total file fail and like the first time that we did this, like it totally just like disappeared and we, she came together and worked with like both of our crazy schedules to like make this episode happen and I honestly think that it is like so much better the second time around because she kind of was able to think about like what are some more value I can give to you lady listeners out there um, to help you really outdo yourself with your YouTube channel so that you can get all of the goals that you want met for your YouTube channel. So uh, before we head into the interview, do me a favor, head over to Instagram and find me over at Mrs. Desiree Rose. I would love to know what your favorite takeaway is from this episode. So um, after this episode is over, make sure you tell me what your like biggest takeaway is. Maybe something that you're going to go enact right away. And without further ado, here is my interview with Liz. I am so excited to have you on the show, Liz. We're going we're gonna to make some good magic today. Yeah, we are. I hope we are. <laughs> all right. I start all my episodes the same. Tell me, why YouTube? Oh my gosh, there's so many reasons why YouTube. I love it across the board. But I think the biggest reason why I love YouTube so much is because it allows you to leave a digital legacy of whatever it is that you want to share with the world. And there are no boundaries around what you can create content around. And I just think it's honestly one of the best communities out there YouTubers supporting other YouTubers like it's a lot more part of the culture uh, than I think a lot of people realize is the creator community and all of the resources that YouTube provides for you and yeah I mean I could go on and on and on but 
I love what you said about the community. I love, I, I didn't realize how much I would love YouTube people. Like they're just so like fun and genuine. Cause like I've been in this, this social game for like 10 years. There's some, there's a lot of social media people. I'm like, mm, could you go away, please? <laughs> I, I don't feel that way about hardly any YouTube creators because everyone's just so helpful and they just want you to like, they all want you to succeed. Like yeah. it's amazing. Like they want you to succeed even if they don't. Yeah, it's so true. And I think YouTube also provides a lot of resources for its creators, which is really cool. I haven't really seen much on that end from other platforms like Facebook or Instagram. So yeah, I just think the, the community element is obviously amazing. Yeah, I think it's really funny that everyone goes to YouTube for how to use the other social networks. <laughs> As yeah, that actually has is. a literal YouTube channel for social media. <laughs> That's funny, yeah, the irony. <laughs> right. All right, so you love this space, but how did you get started on the YouTube? What brought you in to pointing a camera on your face every week? Uh, well, got started on YouTube about five-ish years ago, somewhere around there. And my sister and I at the time were blogging and sharing healthy recipes and workout ideas with people. And we were like, you know what? I think it's time to start a YouTube channel. We had seen a couple other YouTubers in the space get really big and be seemingly doing really well. And it was always something that we wanted to be able to try out. And so we did. And oh my God, our first videos were so embarrassing. <laughs> They're so bad, but I'm glad we stuck it out and stuck with it because now we've had videos on that channel specifically, like one of them cracked 5.5 million views. In general, the channel's over 10 million views, which is kind of crazy that more than half of those views came from one video. Um, but yeah, it's just been like a wild ride and I don't see myself turning back anytime soon. Why do you think it is that and all of the YouTubers that we talk to on the show, they talk about this. Why do you think our first videos are so bad? Well, it's like your rite of passage, isn't it? Like you, <laughs> if you want to be a YouTuber, you want to have a YouTube channel, you got to be willing to go through the awkward phase of not knowing what you're doing and putting out the most awkward, cringy video ever. And that's how you get better. It's like the rite of passage. It's the, it separates the weak ones from the strong ones. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you can't get through that cringy phase. Like the like, ultimate trial by fire, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So on the subject of, you know, not being so good at this YouTube thing at the beginning, as you've been doing this for over five years, tell us what has been maybe one of like the biggest struggles you have faced and of course how you like have overcome it if, if you have I should say <laughs> yeah I think in the beginning the biggest struggle that I faced was understanding my camera and audio equipment honestly it was I didn't go to photography school or anything like that so learning how to use a DSLR camera was an uphill climb for me <laughs> my sister luckily though she did have some training in in photography and things like that but even still like she taught me, you know, some of the basics, but even with that, when we had to start using an external mic and syncing up our audio and all that kind of stuff, it was tough to learn because I didn't really understand how the equipment worked. But luckily, YouTube exists, so we did just some tutorial videos and figured it out, and yeah, it was frustrating because you're not really a techie type person. That can be an uphill climb, but we figured it out, you know? Thank you, YouTube, for all the tutorial videos. <laughs> It's just, it's like I said, it's just a vicious cycle of like feeding itself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's like inception. 
So because we, we always ask, and I'm, I usually ask Vera Boss now, so then what is it that you film with? Like, what did you film with and what do you do now? Um, I have the Canon 70D, and I also have the, as far as mics, the Zoom H4N recorder. Um, I like both of those. They're very standard. I also have, uh, I have a Sony camera also. I think it's an A6000 which is nice for travel. It's way more portable. Um, but back in the day, we literally just had, I can't even remember. It was like a digital camera, like a small, like, you know, plug and play yeah. that had video capability. And we just propped it up on a bunch of boxes and books. That was our tripod. And yeah, we've come a long way since then, but I don't actually, I don't honestly think that the equipment and the fanciness of everything is actually necessary. I think what's way more necessary is making sure the content and the value you're providing in your videos is is really high quality but yeah those are kind of like the tech things that we use canon 70d zoom h4n recorder with a lab extension it's kind of it's kind of it you know what but you know and that's what's good i i'll tell people a thousand times it started with a logitech hd 1080p camera and a window so. yeah <laughs> yeah well you did the window trick too <laughs> yeah windows I had man man like you like the certain times a day when you're just like blinded by light I also had a really big hurdle that I don't I don't think I've actually talked about um I live on air force base and because I start I launched my channel when we lived in South Korea and I would literally just have to like wait for planes constantly with my videos because it's like literally right I was less than a mile away from like you know fighter jets going off in systems and trains and so it was just like it wasn't the tech it was like the background noise that was the struggle <laughs> yeah I had that too when we first started our channel we were in LA we lived on a really busy street so rush hour would be the same thing or like planes we were flying over LAX all the time that's a big one that is the lesser talked about <laughs> yeah right. side of it. it can be so frustrating you're like <sighs> seriously thanks for good bloopers though they do. They, I probably have like tons of my editor used to send me funny like gifts of me just like listening to <laughs> audio and he was like, what your life sounds hard because he lives in the middle of nowhere and he's like, I don't have this issue. <laughs> uh, so we've talked about struggles and like funny interferences and stuff, but what for you has been like the coolest thing about getting to be a YouTuber? Oh, I think for sure getting the YouTube plaque, the silver award, that was a cool moment. Why was it so cool for you? Well, because I think it represents so much hard work and so much dedication to creating videos that people actually want to watch. And so to be rewarded by YouTube and acknowledged by YouTube with something like that was honestly like, it was a really cool feeling. It felt like, wow, I'm going somewhere in my career. <laughs> like. I, I freaking did it. Like I got one. Cool. Like let's work on getting some more. Maybe the next one will be the million gold plaque or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's just really cool because it's a representation of the people, the number of people that I've been able to influence with YouTube. Very, very awesome. cool. Do you have your secret sauce for how someone could get their silver play button besides trial by fire? Yeah, totally. So there's obviously a few things that I wish I knew back when I was starting. Number one being that YouTube is a search engine. So the sooner you can learn how to use keywords to pull in organic traffic, the better. 
There's also certain way, things and settings that you need to make sure are optimized on your channel as well as on your videos, which I actually have a guide if someone's looking to make sure that they're, you know, it has a little checklist in it where you go through each of the little hidden settings. Oh, if you are interested in anything YouTube, I want you to pause. I want you to go to whatever like podcast platform you are watching this on, go to the notes and click the link. We have the link to her magic for you guys as a part of this episode. So continue. <laughs> yeah. So you can go to youtubegrowthhacks.com or click the link in the, in the write up uh, the show notes. Um, but yeah, essentially it's like a checklist to make sure that all of these, cause a lot of times when you're new to YouTube, you don't know that these things exist. Hidden things like how do I create an auto subscribe link instead of just linking directly to my channel, hidden things like info cards or, you know, how to make sure that your end screens are optimized. All those different types of things are outlined in that guide. So if you're new to YouTube or, you know, relatively new, make sure you go through it and set up all of those settings correctly. And then from there, yeah, I think it's really important to just get a good education around how SEO works, how suggested video works, and how you can create content, not because it's what you feel like creating, but because it's what people are searching for online. I think um, beyond that, just video production quality, making sure you know the basics of how to use your camera and, you know, lighting and audio and all that type of stuff. It doesn't have to be super fancy, but I do think it's important to have a general foundational understanding of how to do those things. Because uh, quality, obviously, is one of the most important things to help increase watch time, which watch time is the biggest thing you should focus on when it comes to your YouTube channel. So yeah, there's just a couple little tips as far as like, if I were to start all over, I wish I would have known sooner that it's a search engine and you can kind of like beat the algorithm in a way if you know how to actually create content that people are looking for. That's, those are some great tips. And I hope that everybody like rewinds and like re-listens to that part and definitely gets that her checklist because it's, it's wonderful. It really is. No, thank you. I just wanted to take a quick minute and thank you for listening with a little something something from TubeBuddy. If you don't know, TubeBuddy is a free browser extension and mobile app for your YouTube account that helps you with finding the best keywords, create titles, A-B test your thumbnails, provides you with analytics, milestones, reporting, and so much more. If you have been inspired by the stories in today's podcast and you're ready to start creating, you don't want to do it without TubeBuddy. Get signed up with this free service at TubeBuddy.com forward slash women. So on to sort of like the messy part of, of our YouTube life here. What is something that has happened to you as a YouTuber that you're like, dude would never have to deal with this? Like, what is something that you're like, only, only women have to deal with this kind of crap and like share that with us. And then like how you deal with it. Yeah. So probably about four or five years ago, for some reason, there was this guy on the internet who decided to troll every single page that my sister and I had. He was trolling us on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, just leaving like the worst, meanest comments ever. And, you know, as a YouTuber, you learn to just brush mean comments off your back. But these ones were like over the top. <laughs> like It was just like, oh, you know, you guys are only getting all these views because you're like in tight fitness pants and oh did your daddy pay for everything and i'm like well did you know you didn't pay for any of any of this right so it's like oh my god it's so weird and it got to the point where he was like making threats and 
luckily I was, uh, had a friend that was really good at finding people based on their IP addresses. So we had a lawyer send him a cease and desist in the mail, which took care of that problem. But you know, some of those comments and just degrading comments about being us being women. And it was, I don't know, it was really, I felt bad for the guy, to be honest. Why do you think that kind of um, thing happens with women on the internet? I feel like because of what you, like a lot of what people put on the internet or a lot of what women create is definitely things around fitness and just trying to help people live their, you know, healthiest, best life. Why do you think it is that people need to just like tear you down while you're helping other people? Yeah. I mean, I think with, in this dude's case in particular, uh, after doing a little bit of research around who he was so that we could actually contact him and tell him to stop. Um, you know, honestly, I think he was just jealous because we were having a lot of success and he wasn't, and he was in the same fitness space. And I think honestly, all of his comments and just weird behavior was a cry for help in a weird way. It was like, Oh man, you, I feel bad. Like you're, you know, but maybe instead of tearing somebody else down, maybe focus and redirect that energy on actually creating your own content and putting yourself out there. Cause it's not always easy, you know? Um, but I think in clearly his case, did not was, get the memo about the YouTube community being awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clearly did not get that memo. <laughs> but yeah, I basically, in his case, I think it was like just probably more of a disappointment in himself, not having that. And I know probably he'd be, just cringing if he heard me say this he'd be like no it definitely wasn't that but like deep deep down I think it was so what has been to counter this experience what has been something just like absolutely amazing from your community that has happened like do you have any like wild success stories that like whenever like you think about this person it just like lights you up and reminds you why you're doing this when YouTube sucks sometimes yeah, I have actually two really awesome stories from what was possible through YouTube. So we used to run these group fitness challenges uh, twice a year where we would get a bunch of women together and we would all, you know, we would give them the workout plan and then they would all do it together and help support each other. And one really cool thing happened within that in one year, we did a, a challenge in the spring and then by the fall, one of the girls was getting married and she invited some of her boot camp friends from our community to come to her wedding, which is so cool. So like three or four of those women, they had never met each other before in person. And then, you know, they forged this friendship where they were invited to this girl's wedding, which is so cool because they sent us pictures, obviously. And they, those girls wouldn't have met each other had we not put together that challenge. So that was really cool. And then the second one that really stands out is we sold, so like I said, we sold um, digital products like workout plans, meal plans, stuff like that. And I'll never forget a, an email that we got in response to someone buying the workout plan that we had. And she, probably two, three months later, she reached out and said, thank you so much. This was like one of the best programs I've ever done. It not only gave me the physical strength, but the mental and emotional strength to leave an abusive partner and take my kids with me. So thank you for, you know, not just like the great health and fitness info, but for being a stand for self-respect and being around people who lift you up. And, you know, I wouldn't have had the, the strength to leave that relationship had I not found this community. So like, what? It's so cool. It's so cool. I just it's, love bringing people together. That's amazing. Like you changed someone's life. That's 
that has to be like the greatest feeling in the entire world. hundred percent. That's what always kept me going even when it was tough. And still to this day, like I love getting messages like that of major like success stories and new friendships and new relationships with other people as well as with yourself and really making sure that, you know, you're getting healthy from the inside out, not just like from a looks perspective, but really just upgrading and up-leveling all areas of your life, including your relationships and what you're willing to tolerate. That's so cool. So cool. That's, that is so inspiring. And I think this is something that's important to, to, to say guys, like you never know, like, this is why it's like, it's like your ethical, moral lady responsibility to share your genius because you could be, you could change someone's life. It's like your responsibility to do that guys. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent agree. For agree. Sure. So, um, to switch some gears, I like getting a little bit of details. I have to learn a little bit more about like what inspires your YouTube life. So who are some of your favorite female creators? My favorite of all time, female creator. Actually, I'll tell you two of them. Number one, Shameless Maya. Love her. Love everything she does. She's one of the most talented artists and video producers I've ever come across on YouTube. Um, she's also taught me a lot around the tech stuff. Like she has a whole series called Tech Talks where she breaks down the tech stuff around cameras and things like that. Uh, so I just love Shameless Maya. She's amazing, super fun, great personality, very helpful, very entertaining. <laughs> and then the other one is Carly Chrisman. I don't know if you know Carly Chrisman, but she is a fashion and lifestyle blogger. And I learned a lot about video production just from watching her videos, like the way she does it. You know, I learned about B-roll and pan shots and like just ways to make my videos more interesting. Um, not to mention she is very fashionable and I've learned a lot from her about you know, just like how to put outfits together, how to hold yourself with confidence. Um, I love her design style. So like interior design and decorating, I've gotten a lot of good inspiration and stuff from her there. But those are my two, I would say those are my two favorite YouTubers is Shameless Maya and Carly Chrisman. I, I love that. I've never heard of them. Guys, go watch them. Now I also have to call them, get them on the show. So yeah, there's that sense. hope as well, right? <laughs> what does business look like for you on YouTube? Like how, how are you making that cheddar? Like how does that happen for you? Yeah, so I've noticed that there are four main ways to monetize YouTube. One is through selling your own programs and services. So like, for example, with our fitness channel, we sold workout plans, meal plans, a membership site. We even did like a little bit of merch, but I don't recommend merch. It's like got such a low profit margin. It's insane. Unless it's like for marketing purposes. Um, but that's like the first one, selling your own programs, services, products, et cetera. And it's probably the most profitable one. The second way is through affiliate marketing. So like if you're doing tech reviews or whatever, you know, right now my sister, she left the health and fitness company to start a new van life channel and business with her husband. And because they're doing van conversions for people, like taking a Sprinter van and turning it, turning it into a luxury tiny home, obviously with that transition of going from a van to a tiny home, <laughs> there's like all these super expensive appliances and stuff that they have to install. And so when they're making tutorial videos or how to's or demos or van tours, they're talking about, here's the, the fridge that we put in, here's the shower materials we put in, and they're linking up to all that stuff through affiliate links on Amazon, which is really cool. Um, you can also be an affiliate for other programs. So we did that, you know, with a couple partners, like 
Natalie Jill and Shalene Johnson, whenever they would have, you know, big events or whatever coming up, we would partner up with them and help them promote it and get commissions on people that we brought to those programs. And then the third way was brand deals and sponsorships. We did a lot of brand deals and sponsorships, multiple six figures in, in revenue just from that, which is awesome because those very. can be really, really, <laughs> really fun and very, very uh, lucrative. And the last way was through AdSense revenue. So okay. with, yeah, with AdSense revenue, it's been great because it's monthly and recurring and it just comes in every month as long as our videos keep getting views, which is awesome. But I wouldn't ever suggest that someone relies on just making money through AdSense revenue because it is so volatile. You don't know, like one month you could be making three grand, the next month it'll be like $250. Right? Like, <laughs> you're like, what just happened? And it's like, oh, another video started to outrank yours, so it's not getting as many views. So I wouldn't ever recommend that someone relies on AdSense revenue. We always like to see that as a as a bonus, like cherry on top, because um, it does fluctuate and it takes a long, long time to build up to a good chunk, a good sizable amount of monthly AdSense revenue. I'm sure yeah, no, pretty much sure. everyone gets that. No, yeah, I hear you. Like I have a friend, she's like got like 30,000 subs on her channel and all this kind of stuff and she makes like a hundred bucks. So it's, and then, you know, I'll be over here with my like 4k and I'm like, woohoo, $300. And so it's just like, <laughs> it's so, it's also like, like based on like what your videos are about, who you're targeting, all kinds of craziness. Like it's total mess. So I love, um, telling people, I feel like right now in, in YouTube and in marketing in general, I feel like where like the really good profitable options come from is in, in being a personal brand. And, and I, to use a, um, a really good example of this is someone like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or Amy Lee and Dino, where it's like their name is what, and their face and their ness is what drives what they have going on in business. So like with Gary V, him being him helps support like VaynerMedia and his wine business with Amy, it helps her sell her books and get consulting and be a professional speaker and things like that. How would you advise somebody in YouTube who's thinking about using YouTube to grow their business what would you recommend to them about choosing how to choose between being a business brand or being a personal brand? Because so many people, so many people have a business name. Like for me, I have, I'm Desiree Martinez, but I also have all in one social media. You know, how would I pick which one should have a, the YouTube channel? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I actually put this into the YouTube growth hacks guide because that's a question that comes up quite a bit. Or another question that comes up a lot that's related to that is if someone already has a personal YouTube channel and they have a couple videos, maybe a few subscribers on there, but then they're like, well, but like I want to do YouTube for my business now. Should I start a new one or should I just use the old channel? Um, and there's a couple things to really take into consideration with this. Number one, there, there's also on, on YouTube, there is, are two different types of accounts that you can set up. Number one is a personal account and that uses your Gmail account to set it up. Number two is a brand account. So whether you are, you know, marketing yourself as your personality, your name, or your business name, you should still make sure you set up your YouTube account as a brand account because it gives you the opportunity to add channel managers and other people to help support you with like comment moderation stuff down the road without having to give them your personal Gmail password. So that's one big thing just logistically to get out of the way. And then as far as like what you choose to do moving forward, I don't necessarily see it as 
you know, I'm separate from my business. I, but I get what you're saying because I'm Liz Germain. My business is called Vidfluence. And those are two. And even back with the fitness channel is like, I'm Liz Germain. And this business is called Super Sister Fitness. I think as long as you're whatever it is that you're, you got to think of who you're trying to attract into your tribe. And as long as your name is self-explanatory, like they know what type of content they're going to get from you. I think that's probably the most important part when it comes to attracting more people in. Um, so to give an example of what I mean by that, let's say you, you know, we're doing videos about how to get your pilot's license or something like that. I would name a channel like that something that is not only searchable, but also, you know, is indicative of that, like aviation school 101 or something like that. Right. I wouldn't just be like, you know, Rob's trips. Like that doesn't make sense necessarily. So I think it's really important to decide, you know, what do you want to build long-term and how can you title your, your content and your channel and your brand as something that people will be able to recognize pretty quickly what it is that you do. We actually originally started our health and fitness company. We were just called the super sisters, but then we realized like, it's not really easy to understand what we do. So we rebranded to super sister fitness. That way I was like, no one has any questions <laughs> about what we're doing here. <laughs> like this is for health and fitness, right? Um, so I think, yeah, really that's a personal choice. I personally don't see too much separation between my business and myself. They are pretty much one in the same. But as far as naming, you know, it's like, what is your long-term 10, 20 year vision? Do you want to have a company brand that's really big? Or would you like to have your personal brand be really big? That's, that's kind of an individual Call, you I know? Think, yeah. My, my question around is like, I think about some of the businesses that I work with and, you know, I want them all to be on YouTube because I'm like, do the thing beyond the videos. Let's, let's, let's make this the magic, right? Cause this is just where we're going. It's the thing that makes the most sense. And I just think about them where they're like, well, I'm this business. And I'm like, no, like you're a part of this business. It's not like who you are. And my, my, my question that I have to ask them is like, is this all you want to talk about? Like if you are a tech company, all, if you, if you go into this as tech company is your YouTube channel, like that's what you kind of got to stick to. Yeah. If you go in as like tech company owner, you know, Mrs. Badass woman or whatever, like then you can not only talk about your tech, but then you can also talk about yourself. Yeah. I think that's really important too. People like to learn from other people. And it's, I feel like it's easier to build a personal brand than it is to build a company brand in general, especially on YouTube. Like people are there to learn from other people and to interact with people. So yeah, if it were me and I had to choose, I would personally choose building out a personal brand um, or at least like making it known that I'm not just going to talk about these things all the time because I definitely don't like putting a cap or a restriction on what's possible, you know? So yeah, it is a personal choice, but that's a great point, And I super agree. Okay. Good to know that I'm not like the only one with that thought process. <laughs> so let's say that this company brand or this YouTube brand is like ready to get started. And you kind of touched on this a lot with like your checklist, but do you have any like top secret, super like between you and me and the earbuds, what do you think is the most important thing someone should do with YouTube besides knowing that it's a search engine? Um, I think in general, it's really important to choose content that you're going to be excited to create. 
So I know it's really important, of course, to learn about how keywords work and all of that. But I think it's really like even more important to be passionate about what you're doing. Because if you're not, chances are, you know, a year from now, you might burn out. So I think having a passion and a, a bigger why other than just like, oh, I want to get views and subscribers. Like, don't forget that the views and subscribers and all those numbers are real people on the other side of computers. So like, what is the bigger why and why you're doing what you're doing? And what is the bigger impact that you see yourself having? Like, who, who can you help and how can you help them? I think that's really important to define. Wonderful. Do you think there's room on YouTube for new creators? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's- of course. <laughs> of course. She has a checklist for you and everything. That's why it's there. <laughs> so, all right. YouTube is not the place where they're going to ever close the doors on new creators. That's like completely opposite of what the whole goal of YouTube is. So yes, absolutely. I definitely think it's possible. I mean, look at Janelle Eliana, the girl that's like the fastest rising YouTube star in the world of all time. And that just happened a few months ago. She surpassed like 2 million subscribers or something within the first 30 days. Of course there's room for new people. Look at that. It's like right in our face, you know? And there's something for everyone. It's true. <laughs> if you have a pet snake and you live in a van. You want to go talk to Liz's sister <laughs> so she can make you a van. Exactly. Right? Join the way to go. All right, you guys. All right. So Liz, where can people find you on the YouTubes? Uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash Liz does video is the new channel that I'm bringing out to help support people in growing and monetizing their own YouTube channels. And then if you want to check out workouts, healthy recipes, lifestyle tips from super sister fitness, you can find that at youtube.com slash super sister fitness. Awesome. Go get your life together, guys. Liz is there to map it out for you for YouTube and your, and, and your body. So make it happen. So thanks for being on Liz. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts. And if you really love this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes to make the podcast gods and Phil over at TubeBuddy happy.